This is G&E, the podcast, Golf and Entrepreneurship, with Brian Kang, founder of Birdie Corn Golf. Well, I think, I think whatever it is, um, you, have to, you have to be solving a problem for, I guess if it's a golf product, you have to be solving a problem, problem for golfers, right? So I guess even if it's for yourself, like my divot tool was, I hated carrying a lot of stuff in my pocket and I wasn't really happy with the other divot tools that were around, even though you could use a tee. Um, and I just wanted something different. And luckily, uh, a bunch of other golfers agreed. But um, yeah, I mean, like, I think if you're going to be starting a company, it really has to be about the function and using that function to solve a problem. Because, I mean, you can go all bells and whistles, but and that might do okay for a little bit, but it's not going to be sustainable, I think. Welcome back to G&E, the podcast. This is episode 23. And as always, my name is Ryan Walker. I am your host and the founder of G&E Magazine. G&E, the brand is dedicated to all things golf and entrepreneurship. We are talking to people who are creating companies, building brands, pursuing the PGA Tour. I mean, overall, just doing fascinating things in the world of golf. And with that in mind, today we have on a great guest. His name is Brian Kang. Brian is the founder of Birdie Corn Golf, and if you've been on Instagram at all recently, you may have seen a divot tool that piques your interest. It has a bottle opener on it. You can draw a putting alignment aid on your ball, and overall, it just has a great look and feel to it, and that is actually designed by Birdie Corn Golf, and today we're going to dive into you know the background behind the company, how the idea came about, you know the process of creating a product like that, and building a company as a side hustle, and we're going to dive into topics like social media marketing and things like that. So great interview coming your way. And Birdie Corn has also opened the store in G&E's marketplace. Head on over to shop.gnemagazine.com and check it out. They have their divot tools for sale, their towels, their apparel line. It's, it's awesome stuff. So head on over and give that a look. And as always, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. It's much appreciated. And without further ado, let's uh, dive into the show and and get things going. So, Brian, welcome to the show today, man. Um, let's get things started by kind of giving everyone a little background on yourself and how that all led up to starting Birdie Corn Golf. Awesome. Thanks, Ryan. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, honored to be here. My pleasure. My pleasure. Uh, so, yep, yep. Um, I guess so. I'm a Korean-American, born and raised in Southern California. Um, pretty much my whole life. Uh, I only left for about four years to go to college up at Cal. But ever since then, I've been back. But uh, I guess growing up in SoCal with the weather and all, um, and as a Korean, um, I was kind of forced to learn golf. <laughs> and then, uh, so, you know, like I was going to the range a lot with my dad. And then um, up until about high school, I, that's when I kind of lost interest in it. It just, I mean, golf, I thought golf wasn't for me. And then that's when I played high, uh, tennis. Okay. So I was into that, and then um, I didn't really start playing golf again until college um, when I didn't have to play with my dad. started playing with some of my friends up at Cal, and then that's really when I got the golf bug. Um, uh, we, we played at a course over there called Tilden Park, and we figured out this thing where we could get some free-range balls. So that helped a lot, too, because we didn't have to pay for it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, we're, yeah, we were going up there, like, two times a day sometimes, just, like, 200 balls. I mean, it was really fun. But uh, so we played a lot of golf during college. Um, once I graduated, uh, moved back down to SoCal. And I guess career-wise, I've kind of been all over the place. Nothing golf-related. Uh, started in mortgages. Quit that. Um, 
figured it wasn't for me. And then I got into property management. Um, quit that as well, or not quit. I didn't quit that one. Um, I, and then I moved into healthcare and, um, that was really good for a while. It was pretty stable. And then, um, kind of got bored. So I left from there to go get my MBA at USC, uh, graduated from there. And then I got back into healthcare. Um, I guess between those two jobs, I did, a I did an internship in, uh, it was an Asian video distribution company called Crunchyroll. So I, I kind of got my, uh, I guess, taste of social media and kind of like the internet world. And then um, after that, I did another like 30-day gig at a company called Machinima. But, um, you know, it, I was kind of all over the place. But and career trajectory-wise, you know, it's really not good. But uh, what it did <laughs> what it did do for me was, you know, I just got to learn a lot, a little bit of a lot of things, right? So, and then combined with my MBA, and then um, I went into consulting right after that, and it all kind of just like melded together for me. So while I was doing the consulting thing, uh, there can be periods of time where it's called being on the bench, or if you're in SoCal, it's called being on the beach, where you're not staffed on a project. Um, you kind of just work from home. Um, it's good and bad, but uh, for me, it was really good because it gave me some flexibility to kind of like think about life. Uh, what I wanted to do if consulting didn't work out. Um, all I really knew was that I really like golf and I've always wanted to kind of get into the, I guess, invent something. Cause uh, I don't know. I, I know I wasn't ever going to make it as a tour player. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're hanging out kind of, you, know, you have these downtimes with your job mm-hmm. and you're, you know, reflecting and deciding like what you want to do with your life. And you're saying you loved golf, but you, you know, didn't know, like, obviously couldn't play competitively, but you kind of want to find a little career path in it, I guess. And so what led you to coming up with the idea for birdie corn or was it more that you just came up with a product and the company kind of formed around it? Uh, well, so I guess I, first I came up with the idea of creating a product just as a uh, means of side income. Um, going to USC is not cheap and uh, I had student loans to pay. So, I mean, I was just like, what can I make that is like relatively low investment, but can have some good upside to it? And I mean, that's what, I guess that's what everybody asks themselves, but um, I couldn't really come up with it. Uh, but, and then, and another thing that happened was I was at a, a, this place called Poketo and I saw this like metal multi-tool and I was like, oh my God, that is so awesome. Like, uh, you know, you can do this with it. It's one piece of metal, um, no moving parts, but you know, you can like, open a beer with it you could it's a screwdriver it was a i think it was a saw um you can i think it was a hex, hex wrench so kind of like a swiss army knife almost but just one exactly. piece of metal yep you could tell it was stamped okay. out of one piece of sheet metal and i was like oh my god that is a you know this must have cost like really cheap to make and then uh but he's selling it at the store for a pretty good margin so i was like that's pretty cool um I, and then i the idea didn't really come to me at that time but um just it was kind of like stewing in my head i guess but uh, honestly, I don't know when I got the idea, but um, one day the like divot tool idea kind of just popped into my head. And then I was like, all right, well, at the least, it has to be a beer opener plus a divot tool. And then um, at the time, I wanted it to be a groove cleaner also. But um, I decided to take that out because it was too sharp and uh, there's some dangers with people poking themselves and stuff like that. But so I 
started thinking, how can I cram as much functionality into one thing um, with, you know, as few moving parts as possible to take away the possibility of malfunction? And then, um, so I guess the current one that you can buy right now is probably like the fifth design of it. Really? That's interesting. And so you were kind of going through a real prototype stage then? Mm-hmm. So in the beginning, I actually, so when I had my first golf idea, it kind of fizzled out because I had no means or uh, idea of making a prototype. I didn't, I just didn't know how to go about it. So even this time when at first, first I drew it out and then um, I was like, okay, how do I, I knew I had that problem last time. So this time uh, I went a little bit further. And so I went to the art store and I bought some clay. Uh, you can bake it in the oven and it'll get hard or whatever. Um, so I started with that and then it, it was terrible. <laughs> like you can't, you can't use clay as a divot tool. So then, um, and then from there I learned how to do, I just learned how to do some 3d drawing. There's a pretty simple program in uh, windows called 3d builder or something. So I ended up drawing something from there and you could take that file to a 3d plastic printer and get it made. So I did that, but plastic too, you know, you can't fix a divot with it. Uh, but that guy referred me to a CNC guy um, that works with metal. So from there, I was like, okay, now this can really happen because uh, he made me an actual functioning prototype, bought some magnets, put it in there, and um, it worked fine. Uh, it wasn't as smooth as the one right now. When I was using it, I actually cut my thumb. That's just, So you kind of experimented a while and you finally nailed like what you have now is like the birdie corn divot tool and you can see it all over social media. People are constantly putting it up and it's clearly kind of expanding and, and it's really, I mean, it's definitely very simple, but it's cool. You can, you know, mark your ball with it. You can open your beer and it just has, it has a good look and like you're saying, good margins at a good price. And so you, you kind of built this product. Where'd you go from there? Did you create a website? And like, when did you decide to take that single product, turn it into a business? And then what were mm-hmm. your next steps? Oh, right. So, uh, so actually, before we were called Birdie Corn, um, I called the company Functional Golf because uh, I believe that any product you design should be, you know, if you're paying for something, you should at least, you should first and foremost get the function that you're taking out of it, no matter how ugly it is. And then if you could take all that functionality and, you know, make a nice design out of it, then it's even better. And then for yourself, if you could keep it low cost, then it's even better as a business, right? Uh, so um, the name Birdie Corn came about because um, since this product was multiple functions put into one thing, I wanted to come up with a brand name that was uh, multiple things put into one thing. Um, and then at the time, my partner who does all the legal work, uh, Dwight, we both grew up kind of liking the brands with like animals on them, like Penguin or uh, Banana Republic of the Elephant, um, Lacoste, things like that. So naturally I gravitated toward the animals. And then, um, yeah, I don't know what came first, but I was like, okay, what is really hard to attain? And then that's kind of the unicorn part of it. And then golf is all about birds. So combined the two words, um, and that became Birdicorn. And that's awesome. 
That that's so clever. That that's one of the coolest kind of names I've heard. I didn't even think about that when he called it birdie corn, like kind of unicorn. Um, <laughs> mixing that with like birdies, obviously, also tend to be kind of hard to get from time to time. Mm-hmm. So you got this awesome name. You got your flagship product, and I'm guessing you guys are ready to launch. Um, when did you do that, and like how did it go? Uh, you mean with our first product? I'm saying kind of the launch of your business with your first product and it, or did you have other products in line as well when you guys first launched? No. So, um, yeah, it was the divot tool only at first. And then, um, the reason I, Oh, the other reason I came up with birdie corn is because, um, I didn't want to be pigeonholed as a company with only one product. Um, so if you have a brand name to kind of, I guess, be the umbrella, then, um, I guess, so for my company, it's, like I said, uh, delivering function. And then if you can package it into a nice design. So, uh, I wanted birdie corn to be, that's kind of what I wanted birdie corn to be about. And then, uh, luckily my sister helped design the logo. So it was pretty cool or people have been liking the logo. So, um, that's kind of an added plus, but yeah, so we launched and then, um, that was our first product. And then, uh, from there, since we had the brand, um, tried to make some hats and shirts. Uh, those sell okay, but um, it's not our main focus. Uh, the next product that uh, we're kind of proud of is like a towel. And then we just put a little Velcro patch on there. But basically what it does is it replaces your club brush. And I kind of had an issue myself with that because it would always, like if I threw it in my bag in my trunk, sometimes it could uh, get pinned between the trunk and my bag and just break or uh, it would just fall off. And then I don't have a brush to use. So, yeah, we just put a little scrub patch on a towel, and then that became our second product. And we are kind of talking about making our third product now, but uh, it's still still very early. So, Yeah, that's cool. And so you guys have this awesome product. You have this really clever, great name and brand coming about. But... Mm -hmm you have to get it out there to your mm-hmm. target audience. And you know, at the time, probably no one really knew about it. So what was your marketing strategy to get this out there to the golf world? Uh, yeah, so the only way I knew or that I could think of to go about it was to start an account on Instagram. And at that time, it was functional golf. And I think that was still pretty early on in the prototype phase. So the whole point of it was so that people could kind of follow the development of it and then um also for me i could kind of get feedback and see where i could improve um and then you know if people really didn't like it then i could just like quit it all together but um yeah so i think that's when i started around march i started making the clay one i was posting photos of that and then um yeah honestly like some people that somehow found the account were like oh you know what that's a great idea like i'll totally buy that uh things like that so that just kind of motivated me to keep going and you know like even though the clay one sucked uh make the plastic one and then eventually get an aluminum one made and um yeah from there that's how I kept going so you primarily use instagram then to kind of find the people i guess your targeted audience you know really your customer uh for your products mm-hmm. so you've been using that mainly for your business uh yep today it's uh pretty much instagram yeah and you see, you see, so you see your most sales from that. Yep. So Shopify gives us some stats, um, and uh, pretty much ninety five percent comes straight from Instagram. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, it's amazing, you know, how you have to take advantage of social media platforms, and especially Instagram these days. And that kind of moves me into, you know, what I want to talk about here is like, 
you know, really advice for people wanting to start an e-commerce business in golf? Because that's really what you've done. You've created a really nice side hustle for yourself and you've done so by mm-hmm. creating an awesome Instagram following and doing so, you know, using Shopify. Um, you know, what kind of like advice mm-hmm. would you have for someone who is maybe starting out looking into starting a golf, you know, company selling products like yourself? Well, I think, I think whatever it is, um, you have to, you have to be solving a problem for, I guess if it's a golf product, you have to be solving a problem problem for golfers, right? So I guess even if it's for yourself, like my divot tool was, I hated carrying a lot of stuff in my pocket and I wasn't really happy with the other divot tools that were around, even though you could use a tee. Um, and I just wanted something different. And luckily, uh, a bunch of other golfers agreed, but um, yeah, I mean, like, I think if you're going to be starting a company, it really has to be about the function and using that function to solve a problem because, I mean, you can go all bells and whistles, but, and that might do okay for a little bit, but it's not going to be sustainable, I think. Yeah, that statement is just so true. I've been able to work with a few brands that have been able to create amazing products. And once they get them out there to their audience, it really just sells themselves. So yeah, I just couldn't agree more with that statement. And I would love to talk a little bit about your Instagram strategy because you've been able to create a really great following and people are out there always trying to find new ways to get new customers, promote their brand, etc. And did you leverage social media influencers or really just what kind of strategies did you implement while developing your Instagram following? Yeah, you have to, I think there's no one good way to do it. Like, uh, and even to this day, I don't know what the most impactful thing was. Like, I tried everything. I, I hashtagged uh, the bejesus out of all my posts. Um, I've paid influencers to post for me. I've uh, given product to influencers to post for me. Um, I've tried, like, Instagram marketing, Facebook marketing. Um, and, I mean, I think all of it just adds to just, like, getting your name out there. And then... So you kind of just have to keep trying things um, and see what works because like my friend has a whiskey account and it's kind of different because he's not directly selling whiskey. um, So his just fundamentally his Instagram account is different. Like mine revolves around a product. His is more of a, I guess, blog where you post photos and things like that. So different strategies work for different types of accounts as well. I can kind of do some giveaways here and there and, you know, have people follow me. Um, and that works, but he can't do the same thing. Uh, so yeah, I guess you first have to figure out like what it is you want from your account. Like, are you trying to sell your product? Are you just trying to grow your brand? And then, um, you have to tailor your strategy accordingly. Yeah, of course. And I mean, people are, approaching mm-hmm. things in all sorts of different ways to get an Instagram following. You've done pretty well. I think I saw you're closing in on like mm-hmm. 7,000 followers and, you know, it's a main driving force of your brand, you know, which is really cool. And so, mm-hmm. um, I got to ask, I mean, I'm sure you, as you're side hustling and, and you're doing this, there's got to be a decent amount of work while you're doing this full time. Is this a solo effort or mm-hmm. do you have a team with you? Oh, no, I, I definitely could have do this by myself. Um, so there's four of us now. Uh, we have a, I'll just call him our chief legal officer, Dwight Kim. And then we have our CFO, Jason Lee. And then we have our uh, mechanical guy, Daniel Kang. Um, but, I mean, I 
I have no attention to detail. So without like Jason and Dwight, um, you know, I'd probably run into some legal issues or fudge a number somewhere and, you know, get into trouble with the IRS or something. And then, um, (laughs) (laughs) and then also Daniel, he's the mechanical guy. Um, so he does all the CAD drawing. I did, I learned how to do 3d objects, but, um, I mean, he, he, by trade, he designs parts. So, um, you know, he can tell me like, if I put a prong in the wrong spot, he'll tell me like, oh, that's not physically possible for a divot to be fixed. Or, you know, like physically, uh, you won't be able to apply enough pressure or some, something like that, right? So without those guys, um, this definitely would not have been possible. Oh, and also uh, my sister, who is a, she graduated from Pasadena Art School. She's in advertising, but um, she is the one behind the driver Berticorn logo. So I have heard a thing for that. That's awesome. My uh, my sister's actually big into graphic graphic design as well, and she did my logo. So um, it's nice oh, awesome. to have it's, it's nice to have someone oh, who's yeah, got sure. a mark touch <laughs> in the family. Yep. Um, yep. Yep. <laughs> that's really cool. So uh, so what about yourself then? Because you, since you're side hustling doing this, what do you do? Because mm-hmm. I'm and you're working full time. Like, do you have any techniques for managing that? And because I'm sure you have to do stuff at night, you know, things like that. I don't know. As a small business, like you kind of have to do, there's a lot of things you have to do. Um, I guess the most labor intensive thing is fulfilling orders. Um, right now I'm traveling for works and luckily Jason is still in LA. So he's the one fulfilling orders. Um, if you receive a wrong item, it's him. Okay. (laughs) But, uh, but I mean, um, like right now I'm able to do like a little bit of Instagram posting and, uh, you know, business development, but it's, I would like to have all day to do it, but you know, I guess for people out there that have a full-time job and are looking to start a side hustle, it's definitely possible. Like even, even if you're in the office all day and you just have to spend two to three hours at home every day, um, as long as the dedication is there, it's definitely doable. And would you say it's been worth it so far? Oh, for sure. I mean, uh, even even if I don't make a cent from this, just the people I've been able to meet through Birdicorn and like some of the experiences I've had uh, well, have been definitely worth it. Yeah, that's awesome. It's amazing the people you're able to connect with once you kind of start your own thing and, and put and putting yourself out there. Uh, it's amazing mm-hmm, experience mm-hmm. myself can talk to people like yourself uh, every day, which has mm-hmm. been just been awesome and. So I guess, you know, since you're doing this, uh, what is your, what's your vision for the brand? Like, where do you see, where do you see yourself taking it? Oh, um, I mean, so I guess in the short term, I want to focus on the divot tool and, uh, the products we have, because I mean, we'll 7,000 followers is good. Um, but I think there's still room to grow into for that stuff. And then as we do better, um, I do want to try to develop that third product I was talking about. And then, I don't know, my dream, not my dream. Uh, another thing I'm definitely interested in is kind of getting into custom putters. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, we had the opportunity to design one uh, for a client. Um, so, And then uh, I worked with Instagram account named Two Talents on that. He's, a, he's also a machinist by trade. And um, yeah, so I kind of did a lot of the designing and then he, you know, did the machining and yeah, if you, if you look on our account, you can see it. I, I post pictures, I kind of send pictures of it. (laughs) 
That's but, awesome. Uh, so, and that was really kind of your first go at it, and and you and you nailed it. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I nailed it because, <laughs> but I don't I don't know if the clients hit any putts with it yet. <laughs> but I mean, uh, I think I think it looks pretty cool. That's awesome, man. That's that's really cool. Yeah. I'm jealous. Um, and yeah, <laughs> I'd, I'd love to see. That. I'm actually gonna go check this out after the phone call. But um, and then I also saw you're holding a charity event, the Birdie Corn Golf uh, Charity Event out in San Diego. Um, I'd love to hear more about that. Can you kind of fill our audience in on what you have planned? Sure. So um, we're going to be having a charity tournament. Um, the beneficiary will be the Arms Foundation. Um, it's for the kids to kind of you know, help them succeed in life and support them financially. But it'll be a charity tournament down in um, San Diego on December 16th at Carmel Mountain Ranch. Uh, we have some pretty cool people signed up already. Uh, Colorado Golf Blog, Ida Leo, Butsy, uh, JT Rayborn, and some of the, oh, B-Dubsky, and uh, some pretty cool sponsors, Cut Golf and uh, Electric. That's awesome. So, yeah, if you're in the area and you guys are free, um, and especially you, man, uh, if you're over there, you should come out. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to. I'm, I'm on the East <laughs> Coast, so we'll see if I can swing it. All right, well, we can... Uh, yeah, let's talk about it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so any kind of closing thoughts you'd like to give, maybe like a shout out or where we can find you online, stuff like that for people who are listening? Sure. Um, I mean, first of all, uh, thanks to you. I mean, this is this has been a great opportunity. Um, I mean, even for the opportunity of self-reflection, um, everybody who's helped out on Instagram so far, uh, all the influencers, Colorado Golf Blog, Butsy, Ida Leo, all of you guys, sorry if I forgot you. Um, I mean, it's pretty much them, man. Like, uh, if you have a good relationship, uh, everybody on Instagram will help you out. So, I mean, I'm forever thankful for those guys. Um, thankful for my team and also for my sister for helping with the logo. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm just like, I'm just grateful that this is all happening right now. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, yeah, you know, clearly, clearly it's coming along really nicely. I'm sure, you know, most people listening have, have seen your products across social media. And so getting to hear a little bit about the story behind it um, will be really cool. But I personally really enjoyed it. And, you know, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. It means a lot. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. Yeah, my pleasure, man. And to all our listeners, thank you, everyone, for tuning into g the podcast. Make sure to go over to our website, geniemagazine.com, spelled G-A-N-D-E, magazine.com, and check out the feature to go along with this episode and Birdie Corn Store in the Marketplace. They have some awesome stuff, and so please head over to the website, subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the online magazine so you never miss new content and inspiring entrepreneurs and golfers. And once again, my name is Ryan Walker, and I thank you for listening today.